Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for your weekly update on all the royal news you need to know. First, a couple royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join the Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. And subscribe to the podcast and send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. We love to hear from you guys. So please write in. Roberta, we have so much exciting stuff coming up, but I first just wanted to check in because we're so virtual here. How's your quarantine going? You know, it's it's going. It's weird because I feel like I blink and it's the end of the day and every day goes by so quickly and, and yet it goes so slowly. The weeks are kind of just like slowly passing me by it's very weird there's it i think it's weird because there's no like summer activities to kind of mark that it's actually summer now it's very strange i know strange. memorial day weekend feels especially weird because i just think that i'm picturing all the plans i was thinking about making for it back in january and now it's right. like i don't know like there's no vacations to look forward to i don't know yeah. it's it's also up in the air right now so it seems a, a bit weird to think like a summer without some big vacation like usually i know you too as well like go somewhere exotic or fun or something. I know. But I do want to ask you, I I feel like we touched on it only a little bit last week. Will you tell me about those bikes that um, you have back home for when you – I really want to know more about them. (laughs) Well, back home at my boyfriend's house in New Jersey. Yeah, so they – so his parents had bikes from the 80s, um, Kuwahara I think is the brand. And the – the brand of the bikes, they're I like the name, the type of bike is called the Duke and Duchess. And so for like his and her bikes. And so they were like, oh, let's get these out and update them because that, you know, the, the seats were kind of falling apart and the um, I don't know anything about bikes, honestly, <laughs> like some <laughs> chain needed to be updated. I don't know. Yeah. And so they they took them to a bike shop and got them all fixed up. And now they have like leather handlebars and leather seats and they look really nice. And they kept the Duke and Duchess um Tight name on the side of the bike and it's painted on there. So I'm like so excited I loved, to ride. Roberta those shared a picture soon. on Instagram and I I just love the thought of you guys like post quarantine being able to really put those to use. I know. Well, I want to buy baskets on Amazon or something and really outfit them. That's what mm-hmm. I, that's where I'm at is quarantine post quarantine fantasies. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And you guys had your anniversary last week. You I know. That. We uh, my husband and I celebrated our anniversary. So uh, lots going on in quarantine, I guess. <laughs> so much. Were you able to kind of we cooked dinner together. I feel like we just like hung out. We didn't do anything much. We honestly had some work to do. So, but, but you know what? Four years is a milestone, not as big as Harry and Meghan's milestone, which we'll talk about coming up. But, uh, well, no, I mean, come on. You're double them. So <laughs> double the years. So you true. guys, uh, happy anniversary. Thanks, Rachel Roberta. <laughs> um, well, we have so much coming up on the pod today, including a very special interview with Getty photographer, Chris Jackson. Woo. 
Um, he's been documenting the royal family for close to 17 years now and joins us to talk about the royals during COVID-19, but also share behind-the-scenes details about some of his favorite royal photographs. We're also discussing Meghan and Harry's surprise joint Zoom call and Kate and William's continued efforts to encourage people to prioritize their mental health during this time. That and so much more coming up. Right, Roberta? And so much. I feel like both of us are such big royal fans. So I have to say, Chris Jackson, we had so much fun talking with him. Yes. It's really, really exciting. We're excited for um, you guys to hear, hear our conversation. Yes. But first, it's time for this week's Royal Cocktail. And now it's time for the weekly Royal Cocktail. Woo! French 75. <laughs> yes. Which sounds very um, Meghan and Harry royal wedding to me. Yeah, I feel like it feels very festive. I mean, yeah, I made it with I made it with champagne. Yours so, looks festive. Tell me, tell me. Well, I want to say it. that I'm getting a lot better at the lemon slice, like the little, how, not the lemon oh, slice, but the little, yes, no, the peel like, thing. Sh- the peel thing. Do, so my um, sister in law taught me a tip: you wrap it around your finger to twist it. Is that oh, I wish did? I had called you before this. I need all. I'm <laughs> I'm zooming in for your next no, I feel cocktail like hour. Yours looks, yours looks I just so used a vegetable peeler and shaved le- the lemon, but oh, I, that smart. wasn't. Okay. It's, I didn't get the twist, so I need to try that for the next time. I've been trying to use a knife, uh, just a regular knife, and that's not super safe and smart. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same. I'm like going to cut myself. But yeah, no, um, I ha- happened to have all the ingredients because it was our wedding anniversary and we sh- we served French 75s at our wedding four years ago. <gasps> and so my mom did a socially distanced drop off. She like left it outside all oh, the ingredients. Oh my gosh. So look, so you're going to, you're going to laugh. I have like little like tiny St. Germain and like all the different ingredients. Um, so cute. So yeah. So I, I mixed one of those guys up for today. So did she drop it on your doorstep? Yeah. All the little and she like made the simple syrup and all the little things. So it was all, I mean, she didn't go out and buy everything. She like rummaged through her cupboards so that she was, you know, she didn't want to go and expose herself. That's so but it was, sweet uh, though. But it was Aww. so, so sweet. So we could make it at home. So we Champagne, vodka, lemon juice, simple syrup. And she also did gin because you can make it with gin or vodka. So. Cheers. Very, very festive. Cheers. Well, while we are sipping, we wanted to share a super lovely email we received this week from Elaine. The subject line was, my children, Prince George and Princess Margaret. That subject line, immediately, (laughs) we were hooked. Um, So hi, Elaine. Thank you so much for writing in. We're just going to read a couple of excerpts from her lovely letter. She said, dear Royal Roberta and Regal Rachel, which those, Um, let's pause right there. Those are our new official, that's going on my business card. (laughs) She said, I recently gave birth to my second child. Congrats. And we didn't find out the gender until she was born. It's a girl. My husband and I had names picked out ahead of time, and we had decided that if we had a girl, we would name her after my grandmother, Margaret. Our first child, my son, is named after his father, Jorge, which, of course, is the Spanish version of George. So she has a George and a Margaret. She continues. She said, so I feel like now I have two little royals running around my house, and I couldn't be happier about it. Two constant reminders of people I love and royals that I love. She also mentioned our story last week that we talked about about Kate chatting with um, new parents and midwives. She said, as a mom who just gave birth, it was so nice to see the Duchess chatting with a new mom, though I agree how nerve-wracking that call must have been for the couple. Giving attention to the fact that babies come when they come, even during a worldwide pandemic, and reminding people of the help that new moms need even more now that life is so crazy. That Kate, she's such a superstar mom. And she closes with God save the pod. Oh, love I love that. that. Love that. Oh, I just feel like that's such an I, – I love that e- that email that she sent on so many notes. I mean, I think the names especially, but also I totally agree. I mean, I feel like babies are born when babies are born. Like that's the weirdest part about all this is life goes on. So for so all the moms true. that are – and moms yeah. that are doing it, it's it really is – and I, um, 
a huge undertaking and Kate putting a spotlight on it is so great. It really was. It really was. On a totally different note, I wanted to follow up on our discussion last week. You know, separate from um, that letter, um, we had talked, uh, Roberta and I, about spider sandwiches. And, you know, since that episode aired, we'd done a little bit more digging and research about what they actually are. You'll remember that Kate mentioned them as Prince George's favorite thing in her ITV interview. Well, shout out to Christine Ross, editor of Megan's Mirror and Kate's Royal Closet, which are both style blogs that you guys should check out if you haven't already. Um, She sent me a DM uh, just last night explaining exactly what Kate is referencing. So Roberta, you and I went back and forth being like, is it this? Is it that? We're both- I texted you right after that episode and I was like, I can't believe I didn't just Google it. It must be these little sandwiches with pretzels for legs. Like that was what I was like yeah. convinced that that had to be what Kate was talking about. So well, I was shocked were, when it's not that. But no, but you were 50% right. So this is what's so fascinating. She even, so Christine even sent me photos. So apparently Spider Sandwiches is a very popular UK children's book written by Claire Friedman, oh, but it's okay. also a popular children's snack. So a lot of the lesson plans over there um, is that, so schools will pair them as a lesson plan. Oh, and the idea cute. is that you read the book, make the spider sandwich, and then you count the number of spider legs, um, which you can make with various ingredients. I'm assuming like celery is the picture that Christine oh, sent. Right, right, right. Um, and so kids are like, like, oh, they have eight legs and they count them together. But I thought it was such a great okay, explainer. Okay, so I was partly right. No, you partly were totally right. Because right. when, yeah. we, when no, we were right. talking about it, I was like, if I had just Googled it and saw all these pictures of the spider sandwiches, oh, of course. But now that I know there's a deeper story, they're probably reading the book too, the kids. Yeah, that's you know, what it George sounds like. So yeah. they're reading the book, making the sandwiches, and then at least that's that's how Christine explained it. And I feel like just some follow-up research too. It sounds like that that is what makes a lot of sense. So we've gotten – the mystery has been solved. The That's adorable mystery. too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mystery solved, guys. Yeah, I know. Anyways, moving on. This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. We're talking about so many anniversaries. Mine, I can't believe I'm comparing myself to Meghan and Harry. I'm not. I'm not. Um, but we can't believe it. Two years ago this week, Prince Harry married Meghan Markle on May 19th, 2018 at St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle, Roberta. How has it oh. already been two years? That's what blows my mind is that feels really much more recently than two years. I it's actually felt wild. like when we were even setting up for this, I kept wanting to say their one-year anniversary, but no, I was like, it's definitely their two-year anniversary. They have Archie. Like so a lot has happened. So much has happened. Yeah. So, so much has happened. Yeah. So on that day, the pair became the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, titles granted to them by the Queen upon their royal marriage. 2,640 people were invited to watch the wedding from inside the castle grounds that day, and most of the guests were from charities close to the couple. Um, Prince Harry's best man, as you'll recall, was none other than his brother, Prince William, the Duke of Cambridge, and both wore the frock coat uniform of the Blues and Royals. I also love, and I wanted to mention, Megan arrived at the chapel with her mom, Doria Ragland, walking down the aisle with the assistance of 10 bridesmaids and page boys, Prince George and Princess Charlotte included, before taking the arm of her father-in-law, Prince Charles, for the final steps toward her groom. And as you'll also recall, Megan's dress was designed by Claire Waite Keller for Givenchy. Her veil represented all 53 Commonwealth countries, featuring distinctive flora from each one. The veil was also held in place by Queen Mary's diamond bandeau tiara, which was on loan from the Queen. The service was led by the Dean of Windsor and was solemnized by the Archbishop of Canterbury, but the address was given by Bishop Curry from the Episcopal Church in the United States. Oh. So the most, I feel like this is the most modern royal wedding that 
the House of Windsor has ever seen. And I think that that's what made it so special because it is so Meghan and Harry. I wanted to say that I, when you mentioned the uniforms, I just remembered I loved the like very classic black and white look that they had because the tile floors of St. George's Chapel were checkered black and white. And then to have Harry and William both wearing those matching beautiful military all black um, mm-hmm. frock coats was just like, I felt like that was... You know, I, I loved Prince William's red coat that he wore for his wedding, but I mm-hmm. think that that was such a um, such a classic, beautiful, beautiful statement. Oh, yeah. Um, I loved that. I also yeah. really loved the – I remember how striking it was the way the flowers framed the entryway. Oh remember yes. that? It was just like – I felt like it was such a beautiful floral installation and really right. kind of set them up for that kiss, um, the double kiss at the end um, when they were officially husband and wife. I loved And that. I think a lot of people remarked there wasn't a lot of color with the flowers. It was it was very subdued and there was a lot of greenery. There was mm-hmm. lo- not a ton of floral. There was a lot more greenery and I thought that was so beautiful. Such yeah. a different and fresh take on wedding florals. Absolutely. Um, where, where, where were – did you watch it? Did you get up yeah, and watch it? Yeah, I watched it. I got up so early that day. I remember sitting on my couch in my apartment in Hell's Kitchen and I was covering it for the day. So I was like logged on talking about – I remember the most like amazing part I remember is what I was hoping – I mean I was most excited to see was her dress because yes. I think that was such a mystery. And, um, you know, every commentator in the world, British – I mean royal commentator had an opinion about what it would look like. And so to see it was just this like <gasps> – like gasp I know I know and I remember there was a lot of back and forth about whether people liked it or not like if it was too loose or I was gonna say well I didn't love it at first but it grew on me for sure it was simple and I think the simplicity of it is what makes it so um so beautiful and re-watching it today I watched it I like started to tear up I felt the same way I was going down like you know memory lane last night and um in the last few days and I feel like watching the re-watching parts of the wedding and then also looking at the image galleries I mean I thought I think it's so beautiful and and especially some of the overhead shots you just really see the actual lines of the dress and I, I loved it but yeah and the scope of I mean I think her with that gorgeous huge veil the scope of how actually long her her veil was which was was, yeah I think it was 16 feet which they said was um in on par with Princess Diana's veil and the length so where were you when you watched it so I was actually laughing I also was covering it but I was looking back and trying to remember it was sort of a blur but I I was um I I was pumping during the wedding I was like my son was just a few months old and so I was like writing and covering it for pure wow and then also you know juggling that I remember yelling at my husband to like keep my son away so I could like just focus and watch, but then I um I did go over to a friend's uh, later that afternoon, and she hosted sort of a celebratory. Um, oh, you know, we nice. had like all these you know like tiny royal sandwiches, cocktails. royal oh, cocktails. Fun. We had our little um, what do you call? Uh, I was going to say tiaras, but no, the hats. What are fascinators? Amazing. Um, one of my favorite moments was the Kingdom Choir staying "Stand by Me." Beautiful. We're going to play a couple of that. That 
just gives me chills. I feel like that song, I don't know, there's something about, and their voices are so beautiful. So um, that choir had been singing for 20 years now and and Megan and Harry contacted them and said, would you be able to sing at our wedding? And I think that was just really incredible. They appeared kind of out of nowhere in the back of the chapel and you can see all the guests' heads turn around to watch them and it's just... Oh, it was so good. Yeah, so many good such, moments I'm, from that I also day. feel like one of my favorite moments was post-wedding when they had their getaway Jaguar and the second dress oh that was Stella gosh. McCartney and she walked out just looking like a toe. I mean, it was like she went from very classic and traditional, you know, wedding formalities to like, let's do this. Let's go to the reception. And uh, like <laughs> we're my, married. That might be my, uh, I can't decide actually if that's my favorite moment because I remember seeing that ice blue Jaguar in front and then them walking out like James Bond. Yes. It was totally it like was James like, Bond. Yes. Uh, my jaw was on the floor. That dress will forever hold a special place in my heart slash yeah. might be what I want to wear to my own wedding. Yeah. <laughs> And then she wore Princess Diana's aquamarine ring, which yes. is supposedly over 30 carats. That thing's huge. Oh, my gosh. And so I guess it was a gift from Prince Harry um, and is A good just, gift. Well done, yeah, Harry. <laughs> seriously. And, and then it matched, I think, the soles of her shoes. The bottoms of her shoes were light blue. So it was like seeing them drive away in that light blue car with that blue giant rock on her finger was just oh, something else from a, a movie from what a, a movie. what a fairy tale <laughs> seriously and i also just read a breaking story um from omid is that a close source to the royal to harry and megan which of course we know he has his his finger on the pulse in that uh, department said that they will be spending a very low key anniversary together. There's nothing planned for them. Um, they want to just spend it as a family. They have no zoom calls, nothing. So um, they'll just be together and enjoy, enjoy that special day. Very exciting. So we just want to wish them a very happy two year anniversary. And we yes, hope that you guys are cherishing that time, the socially yes. distanced time together. <laughs> no, as a family, low as key. a family and nice. Yeah. So for this week's first story of the week, we have Megan and Harry's first joint Zoom call, but asterisk, there it was taken down. The pictures were taken down. Yeah, so basically, yeah. So Megan and Harry surprised staff members last week of Crisis Text Line Branch in Atlanta by hopping on a Zoom call with them, which may they may or may not have wanted to be known. Um, So a staff worker, Ricky Neal, posted on Instagram, it's not every day that Megan and Harry jump into your staff meeting and champion the work you do. And there's a screenshot of the Zoom, or no, it's the actual Zoom call that he took a picture of during. Um, And then he posted again on Twitter and says, still shocked that Megan and Harry took over our staff meeting yesterday. He uh, later took the pictures down, but enough, you know, tabloids and press and everyone captured screenshots of it and everything. Um, So it's all over. Uh, and so you'll remember, Rachel, that Megan and Harry helped launch the UK affiliate of Crisis Text Line, which is called Shout with Kate and William. Um, and it's a global nonprofit based in the US with affiliates in Canada, Ireland, and the UK. And they provide free co- and confidential mental health texting services to individuals in need. This service relies on volunteer crisis counselors who work remotely. So they, I guess, surprise the staff meeting of this um, branch in Atlanta of the crisis text line. And there's a lot to unpack here with this yeah, call. Yeah, there I feel really is. Like one, it's crazy that this is the first time we've seen them together on a Zoom call. I don't know why it's, it's like they don't. Yeah, I feel like since this all happened, yeah, they really have been. It's just been Megan popping up here, Harry popping up there. So to see that, I mean, I think what's crazy to me is like, I think that I, I mean, I can understand the excitement of the person on the call. I mean, if, if they suddenly dropped in, I'd probably 
do similar things to what Ricky did. Oh, I think I you would know have what I mean? a million screenshots. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, we can't trust this girl. But I mean, I feel like if there's also no messaging around it that says that in advance, you know, if it was truly a surprise, but it really does speak to the fact that it sounds like they just really want to help and they really want to fulfill their um, their philanthropic commitments. And I think that and to I not, really applaud that. I mean, they didn't and, want the pomp and circumstance around it. Totally. And to Pop not appear together in a lot of these charity calls that they have been doing, I think it it shows that they don't want to make it about themselves. And it's not about – because people obviously – I mean, you and I included in this, but freak out when we see them together. It's, yeah. We don't see them together that often. So I think it – especially now that they're, um, you know, not members of the royal family or working members of the royal family, I should say. So I think that that um, is – you know, they they don't want that kind of facet of it and the pictures to distract from what they are doing mm-hmm. and to detract from the work they are doing. Um, but we have to just kind of, you know, talk about what is going on in the picture because, you know, this Poor is Ricky. the... <laughs> <laughs> he I really know. revealed a lot. I mean, it's like that one photo, it like kind of helped it, you know, every, uh, the internet, just a bunch of detectives. <laughs> Seriously. And uh, people are really good detectives. So people noticed there was these orangish, reddish walls behind them. Very large, um, colorful piece of artwork that has been supposedly identified or speculated as a Jacob Lawrence, who's a famous African-American painter um, and whose work Tyler Perry has famously collected over the years. So kind of cementing the uh, rumor that they are, you know, living in Tyler Perry's mansion for the time being. Um, And these gorgeous black and gold lamps behind them um and then megan is wearing a button down and she looks very business casual she has her hair you know uh in an updo it's middle parted um and people are guessing it might be the misha nunu um blue striped shirt husband shirt that she wore on one of her last royal working engagements in london when she visited um mayhew which is one of her patronages in january of 2020 um before harry and her move to canada so I my base question though is why would they not share this themselves? I guess like they've found lots of ways, you know, without their social media handles, um, Sussex Royal kind of being they've said goodbye to that. Um, they've found other ways to share information. So like with Archie's first birthday, they shared it through the Save with Stories campaign, and um, there's been a couple other instances where I think like SmartWorks. They've ha- you know there have been ways where they've shared things like this. So I'm wondering why they didn't. I mean, maybe the call was about an initiative that's coming up or something, or maybe they, I mean, maybe they really were just trying to boost morale for the people working on this. I don't that's know. True. I mean, I think that that's true. It, it is, you know, it, it speaks to the behind the scenes work that they are doing. Like, and I think some of the birthday announcements and things like that are just, you know, to appease a lot of us, you know, we want to see Archie right. when he turns one, we want to hear from them obviously this week with their, you know, second anniversary. But I wonder, I think it really seems like since they've sort of set up a temporary location in, in LA, because they're still house hunting, it seems, um, that they're just really trying to continue to roll their sleeves up and do a lot of the work. So I don't know. No, yeah. I think that's I think that's a good guess. I think that this was not something, you know, like you said, they might be working on something bigger with this. Um yeah. and I think too that they it is mental health awareness week in the UK this week. And so I think maybe they wanted to show um, some support for that, but not publicly. Like they, they do their work behind the scenes a lot of times, like with the project angel food that they did earlier this year. And so I think that that, um, yeah, it just speaks to their ongoing dedication to their 
their royal patronage. Yeah, but we got to thank Ricky. I mean, I feel like I feel so bad. I'm sure he's like, I think his accounts are all private now and everything, right. which I totally, like, you know, it's exciting. And I would have, like we said, yeah. we would have done it too. So, totally. um, but yeah, like I think, you know, all the efforts of the royals this week, I mean, are really focused on that mental health awareness. And so, you know, Kate and William actually um, hopped on a joint Zoom call for the first anniversary of the Shout Crisis Line. So they spoke with five crisis text line volunteers as well as the CEO, Victoria Hornby. Um, And in the last year, 1,800 volunteers have taken part in 300,000 text conversations, two-thirds of which have been with people aged 25 or under. And a little bit of background, callers in the UK about Shout. Callers in the UK can text Shout to 85258 to speak to a trained crisis volunteer. So, you know, I really feel like both Harry and William and Kate and Megan are really putting a premium and priority on mental health awareness, which I yes, think is definitely. I, it's so important and so critical. So it's so critical. And especially now, I think with what what's going on in the world and um, with the, you know, coronavirus crisis that it's really I mean, the, even this on this call with Kate and William, a lot of the volunteers mentioned like it's been so hard for a lot of people now who can't get out to see their friends who feel trapped in their homes. Um, and it's just it's yeah, crazy. it impacts I mean, you when you don't even ex- you think you're you know it's it's surprising how it really gets to even the most the person that feels like they don't they all of a sudden you need a little bit of help or a conversation to lift you up so definitely so these people are all doing a lot of work right now it seems yeah. like totally and we but we <sighs> yeah. do want to you know on the sort of lighthearted side of it we want to talk about Kate's appearance because this was the first time that she had an updo for Whoa. a Zoom call which was striking because they've all all of the times her hair has been really you know down and kind of blown out i mean i think she's doing it herself of course but um she looked really tan and glowy and she had a white scallop scalloped neckline cardigan possibly by Sandro um and she just looked she looked so elegant she did. She really looks kind of more formal this time, which I thought was interesting. Um, she's worn like these really bright colors and seen, had her hair kind of loose and, and combed through and just like very um, laid back. And I think this one seemed a little more formal. Um, but her and William are like Zoom pros. We've yeah, they really are. And I feel like they yes. just keep getting better and better. Um, you know, we also want to mention that they also, the Cambridge's initiative heads together um, took over the British radio as an additional video for the mental health minute in order to launch mental health awareness week in the UK. So um, we're going to play a quick clip of Harry of my gosh, William and Kate. We're all connected. And sometimes just talking about how you're feeling can make a big difference. So right now, let's join together across the UK and reach out to someone. If you're struggling, it's important to talk about it. Or if you know someone who is acting differently, it's okay to ask how they are. Use this moment to send a message. Because we're all connected. And you are not alone. I actually just really liked this in their feed, you know, seeing the tiny sort of mosaic um, in, on their Instagram feed of all the people that participated. You had, um, in addition to Kate and William, you had celebrities including Dua Lipa. Am I saying her name right? Dua Lipa. Yeah, Dua, yeah, yeah. Dua Lipa, boxer Anthony Joshua, England footballer Harry Kane, and actor David Tennant. They all participated in this video um, and campaign. So I think that I, I just, again, like the brainstorming and planning behind all of these initiatives, whether they had to, they had these going on and they had to pivot them quickly online and, you know, to, for this current time, it just, I mean, they are executing at such a high level and it's, it's really helping people. So. Yeah, I mean, they're doing a lot. And to have um, these other celebrities, I think, too, it really uh, bolsters the kind of, um, you know, heightens the awareness of it, too, because I think, like, 
there are so many reasons to pay attention to mental health right now and to see all of these people that we know that are in the spotlight and in this um this position of authority and and they can you know all come together and talk about it is really important i think mm-hmm. um i also take over the radio all at the same time was really cool really cool i also want to know so they did um kensington royal also did their first ever ig stories takeover with shout which i'd love to know the views on that i mean i feel like what a platform to really get the message out i, I watched <laughs> every a- single slide and it was just one of their volunteers that was talking through exactly how to do it and they had little polls wow. and thought it was great i really what a platform to take over to i mean if this is any indication that they would have Instagram takeovers, I think that would be amazing to see some of their actual, the people working in these charities and patronages actually hearing from them personally. I think that's a wonderful way to showcase the work that they're doing. Yeah. Um, And kind of, you know, focuses a lot, like Megan and Harry are doing, focuses a lot of the attention on the actual charity, which is really nice. Yeah. So quite a week for mental health awareness. Uh, You guys, I think that they did, they, they did an amazing job. All right. So before we go to our highs and lows, we want to intro Chris Jackson, our special guest of the week. So before we chat with Chris, we want to properly introduce him. He has been documenting the royal family with Getty Images for over 15 years now. I think it's closer to 17, which is crazy. He's covered the royals at home and abroad on numerous royal tours and photographed events ranging from Trooping the Color to the royal weddings of both Kate and William and Harry and Meghan whose two-year wedding anniversary happens to be this week. Um, He's truly had a front row seat to history and shares his most beloved photos in a gorgeous coffee table book called Modern Monarchy. I just have to tell you that it's been my escapism during quarantine. I want to mention that. Um, You can buy it. It's available to buy on Amazon and probably at your local bookshop too if you want to support them. Um, And besides the book, if you're not already, you should definitely be following him on Instagram at Chris Jackson Getty, where he shares plenty of behind-the-scenes content. So Chris, again, very welcome. Welcome, welcome to the welcome show. Welcome to the show. It's so good to have you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Um, I feel like we're getting you when you're usually you have so many royal events. So it's I think the timing is on our side. One tiny silver lining of quarantine, I guess, is that you're at home. <laughs> for once, yes. It's, yeah. um, <laughs> it's so funny because it's sort of, I suppose, this whole um, this new situation we found ourselves in came on so quickly. And uh, yeah, it was it was actually a very, very busy start of 2020 up until this point and uh i've been very lucky actually it's been i've been keeping myself busy with a few different projects and things like that but it's um and i've got a young son to keep me on my toes but um apart from that you know it has obviously been a a, a pretty weird uh period and we're sort of just waiting to see how things pan out i suppose Totally, totally. Well, we wanted to kick things off with a non-royal question first because we thought you'd be the perfect person to ask, what are your tips for looking more photogenic on Zoom? <laughs> wow. I that is, a, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. But um, I'm not really sure. I'm still trying to kind of get, get my head around Zoom because, you know, whilst it was something that we used um, before um, this whole situation started. It's um, for a photographer sort of on the road. It's not really something I use on a regular basis. So I've been getting to grips with um, team meetings, um, putting my hand up in meetings virtually and things like that. So it's been a whole a whole new world. Um, what are my tips for for getting? Well, to your background with, um... is amazing. You look great right now. He's sitting <laughs> yeah, in front of a bouquet. Has to be a part yeah, of it. bouquet of flowers, well lit. Well, yeah, because we're not going out for dinner so much, you know, anymore or getting out and about, I, I sort of transferred the money that I'd normally spent on that into getting um, a bouquet of flowers every um, every week. So there you go. They're my Zoom flowers in the background. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, um, I think, Very just smart. Um, 
maybe good lighting. I don't know. <laughs> a photographer should say that. No, that makes sense. And sitting in front of a window, I feel like that's what I'm doing right now. Has your toddler, <laughs> how old is your son? He's as one and a half, one and a half. One and a half. So has he made any surprise appearances? I feel like I have a toddler and that sort of comes into <laughs> play appearing. every now and again. Yeah, appearing in the background. Um, no, he's uh, he's he's pretty good, actually. He doesn't generally appear in the background. <laughs> but there has been some sort of, um, there's been some moments where we've definitely <laughs> heard him in the background. Um, he's pretty vocal when he wants to be. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's nothing, nothing too bad so far. But hopefully not today. Or maybe hopefully today. It's always... Uh, <laughs> I know. We'd love to see him. Totally. (laughs) Well, speaking of Zoom, you know, the royal family is doing amazing things using this platform. They've adapted so well, and we feel actually quite comforted across the pond hearing from them so much. (laughs) You know, it's been really nice. Yeah. And as you say, I've sort of um, taken a few pictures, you know, uh, illustrations of this kind of different way of communicating. So I feel it's an important part of the royal story, um, you know, as as a royal photographer in this kind of unique genre of photography, you are documenting. Um, your job is to create an archive of, of images that tell the story of the royal family over time, and uh, you know it, this is an important part of that. I do hope that we will um, hopefully move into some more sort of socially distanced uh, royal engagements at some point. Uh, maybe not now is not the right time, but yeah, I'm sure at some point we'll we'll take another step forward from these these um these zoom visits absolutely um now it, yeah I, I feel like that was sort of something we sort of were curious about what it's like for you to go from all the you know in real life events documenting to doing it on zoom and 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 you know are you hearing any sort of communication from the palace on when things might resume or what that might look like no, I think, you know, it's uh Evan's sort of in the same boat, I suppose. It's a constantly changing um news agenda environment um it's pretty difficult to stay on top of but i think you know um when things do change um you know getting images were certainly sort of prepared to get to go back to what could be you know effectively the new normal um it's certainly not going to be life as we know it before with regards to the way that the rules operate i don't think um but um you know i think um there's positive messages um to get out there and like any sort of major world event, the royals have sort of taken a lead in in adapting and setting setting an example to the country. And it's great to hear that you guys um, across the pond, so to speak, have you know picked up on that. And it's you know it's 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 sending sort of positive vibes uh, in your direction. So so that's great. And you know it has been a weird weird time. It's also been you know like a lot of people have said, an opportunity to kind of take one step back. I've been working on the archive, looking at because it is so busy day to day normally um like hugely exciting start to this year very busy uh we just got back off uh, trips to ireland with the duke of cambridge things like that and you know so it's it's an opportunity to sort of take a step back and um and prepare for the next stage i suppose yeah it's funny one of my one of my friends is a photographer and she keeps being like now is the time to organize your camera roll <laughs> yeah. she's giving me a really hard time and kind of sending me text messages yeah. like how how are you doing on that that task I've assigned you. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got around to the camera roll. That'd be that would be um that would be that'd take me a while, I think. But it's uh you know, it is difficult. Whilst, you know, that's the theory, the theory is crack on with things you've been meaning to do. It, you know, it can be difficult and certainly in the early days when there was, you know, all these horrific stories on you know that we're reading on the rolling 24 hour news. I mean I certainly found it difficult to get myself in the right mindset to focus on you know of course there's things that need doing websites to improve things like that for all of us but yeah it's not you know 
it's not like I've, I certainly haven't been going around getting an incredible amounts of, of work done. It's, it's been, you know, it was pretty tough at the start, you know, taking all that on board and looking at how life might change for all of us. So, but, you know, I do saying that, you know, I count myself incredibly lucky that, you know, I've still got a job and, uh, and all, all that kind of stuff. Cause obviously there's lots of people who are much worse than Absolutely. You mentioned Getty Archive. What can you elaborate on that? What does that mean exactly? Oh, so, um, so I suppose as a rule photography, you sort of, you look at your sort of life mission is is creating an archive um, of images, uh, which is maybe slightly different way of thinking than a celebrity photographer or someone who works in portrait photography specifically. Um, so what's important to me is creating that archive over sort of my career span of whatever it may be, 30, 40 years. Uh, and so missing events can be really frustrating, um, important historic royal events, because I am trying to build up that archive across the royal family. Um, so, so yeah, so I'm creating this archive um, with Getty and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating when you miss things, basically. But I, I think that's one of the, yeah. the, the unique um, aspects of royal photography. And it, during this time, have you felt inspired to write your next book? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, it would seem like the perfect time. Yeah, I mean, hopefully um, at some point there's a few sort of... Um... Well, we both have our copies of Modern Monarchy, oh, good, so we, we love yeah, it. Well, I can't believe yeah. it was sort of, <laughs> a, a while ago now. Oh, wow, excellent. Thank you, guys. I'm glad you like it. It's, um, I feel like, you know, it's, it was an, in, a really um, amazing, it sounds cheesy, that journey, you know, because it was, when I got, I thought, oh, do a book, that'd be amazing. That can't be that hard. <laughs> it's just pictures and words. Um, actually, I was just sort of overwhelmed at the start by um, all these jobs. You know, you're shooting a different job every day, so you've got this massive archive. And then just to try and narrow it down to, you know, 250 pages is just so difficult. But fortunately, it's, it's very much a team effort. And um, Lisa Marie, who I work with at Getty Images, she was incredible. Um, and, you know, it's, it's so important to have another set of eyes to give you a different perspective. And, of course, you know, all the guys at Rizzoli, um so it's very much a team effort, but also quite, um, it was great to write something and put some of the stories down behind the pictures. Um, that was, you know, quite testing for me, but it was anything you're sort of doing to kind of push yourself um, is has got to be good, I suppose. So, yeah, I'd love to do some more, love to write some more. You know, we've had so many since then. The fact it was a while ago, so much has happened since then. I so, was going to say yeah. since the book came out, I, I was going to say you have enough pictures probably yeah. to fill another book. Yeah, it's so crazy how much so has happened. Good waters, yeah. You know, we had a great one to Pakistan recently. So I'm going off track totally, guys. Sorry, Karen. No, 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 it's, no. Great. it's great. But yeah, you're right. I mean, putting it together, even the detail in the captions. I mean, well, that now we're about to ask you the hardest question, I feel like, um, you know, is so, you know, you've been doing this, you have your book. Is is there an event or image that stands out for you in the book? Oh, God, I, I knew you'd ask me this. I and feel like that's like the hardest question. <laughs> I know, we have to ask that. It is difficult to answer because, um, like, if you go through the book, there's so many different um, photos. And for me, it's not just that one photo. It's that whole period around that photo. So it's not just a picture of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's wedding. It's a three-week build-up, um, you know, all the excitement. The nation was getting excited. I did quite a lot of interviews around that point. Um, I was wrecking the photo, you know, and that photo was just a culmination of this incredibly exciting period, which which is one of the special things about being, you know, a royal photographer and what's so unique about this area, you know, that you get that front row seat, these massive historic moments. And 
it was a huge buzz to be there and take that photo. And I love all those kind of big moments. In the book, I've got the making history, so it's royal birth, royal weddings, christenings, that kind of stuff. But then, of course, there's the quieter moments, which for me is kind of even more satisfying because they're difficult, more challenging to either negotiate or photograph and those quiet kind of behind the scenes moments and they are also very special to me be it um picture of the duchess of cornwall on the train traveling back from an engagement or prince harry waking up on the side of a mountain in nepal watching the sunrise um you know these are i mean that was a particularly special trip to nepal um because you know amazing we were in, in a village looked after by the gurkhas and and Nepal was always a bucket place list for me. So that's a very special picture. But um, And then a whole another set of pictures is probably all the stuff I've done with Prince Harry and Lesotho. And that is incredibly special because, um, sorry, Prince Harry started his charity Centre Bali with Prince Sesu of Lesotho over 10 years ago. And you're probably aware of all the work they've done with the vulnerable children of Lesotho. And, you know, that's yeah. what's amazing about that is getting to know the people, the children over the years, watching them grow up. I've probably been there about sort of 18, 20 times now. And it's, um actually maybe not that much maybe like 15 times but it's um it's been great to get to know people over the years um and I've even been out there and when Prince Harry hasn't been out there I took some cameras out to to the kids and did a project so it's that has such a special resonance for me and those pictures anything of Prince Harry in the city just all the trips that we've had there have been so fantastic and it's great to see him so passionate doing something that he's so um well he's so passionate about so that's amazing. So I'd say like the royal weddings, uh, royal births, they were all, all that was exciting actually. The um, Prince George, of course, uh, the first Cambridge baby born at the Linde Wing. And I just remember the, um, the excitement around that and news crews from all over the world uh, coming along and not really knowing what was going on, which is actually kind of nice because it was exciting. And but it, it's so special because all these moments are generally like positive, happy moments, um, which is which is great about photographing the world. So you're at the forefront of these big historic happy moments, moments of celebration, and so that's that's great, you know. Um, so yeah, so they, those that was great, and then we went on to sort of Charlotte Absolutely, and Louis, yeah. and those are all great. You know, those two brown doors at the Linde Wing became the most famous brown doors in the world. Um, so yeah, see, so I'm sure you guys remember yeah, all that stuff. So, exactly. and that, that's great, you know, we're all sharing in this great, exciting uh, periods of time, and it's great. It's, it's what I love about the job. No, it's it's we totally agree, and it's funny because Roberta. So we were think we thought just to make it more fun, we would each pick a, one of our favorite photos, and Roberta's is actually one of the ones you just you are, talked yeah, about. You already mentioned mine, <laughs> so I found it so hard to choose. But I do love some of the more candid ones. You mentioned um, Harry watching the sunrise over the Himalayas. That was one of my favorites. And also the Queen. This is a totally different mood. But the Queen, Prince Charles, and Camilla watching the Braemar games and <laughs> laughing so hard. At, at I think it was the kids' sack races was one of the ones they were yeah, just yeah. like absolutely laughing, dying over. So um, are there other moments like that that stick out to you? Those like moments where they're not smiling for the camera? Uh, where they are smiling. Like candid. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. No, totally. And, you know, the Highland Games is a good example. It's one of my favourite events of the year. Um, it's part of those regular events. So it's always the first Saturday of September. So um, that's what I kind of like about this job as well, is you have all these regular events. So you have this framework, which your year is sort of built around. Of course, this year is all gone to pot. But uh, <laughs> yeah. generally, I'm talking generally for all this effect. Thanks, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah um, you have this framework, your year sort of hangs off and it's all the regular events, the Royal Ascot, the, the, the Trooping the Colour, the, um, the Highland Games. And interspersed with all these are the more unexpected moments, so the Royal Births, the Christenings, um, God forbid the funerals, but the things that, um, that don't happen on a regular basis. And that is what your year is made up of. And um, it, it can be pretty full on. But the Highland Games is always the first Saturday of September in Braemar. And, and I just love, I'm so excited when I pick up my hire car and drive along Royal Side. It's one of the most beautiful parts of the country. And and it's a, such a lovely event. The people are incredible. Um, it's just beautiful part of the world. Um, and you know, you could be forgiven for thinking that the, the Queen and the Prince are just laughing their way through it. They're not always like, so you have to be on the ball yeah. to capture that moment. It generally right. happens when something happens towards the end of the games. They're, they're there for around an hour and you're shooting across the, um, the games pitch and the people, someone's tossing the cabra and someone's in a sack race and it's, all this stuff is going on and suddenly the Queen and the Prince burst into laughter and you know, you get those lovely <laughs> candid moments, you know, just relax and you sort of, you forget sometimes that they're mother and son and then you see in these moments these less formal moments um that you know it, it's great so those yeah I love all those candid pictures those they're the most special ones to caption sometimes they can be a little bit more somber um there's a picture in the book the um Duchess of uh um Cambridge um in Cranji War Cemetery sort of glancing over her shoulder um at the Commonwealth um war graves in Singapore and you know those those pictures are incredibly poignant and ultimately the royal family um one of their key duties is to lead the family in remembrance for those who have sort of paid the ultimate sacrifice and and it's a very important part of what they do remembrance sunday is a kind of linchpin of all this remembrance throughout the year and and it's those sort of quiet and more poignant moments that also are um you know they, you know, once they obviously don't make you smile, they are in, in important historical and, and sometimes rarer kind of pictures um, to capture. Um, but yes, they can be very poignant. So there's a, and that's what I love about the door. There's a, a, such a variety of. Yeah, yeah. I love the the uh, Singapore Cemetery, one of the Duchess oh, of Cambridge. That thank one was you. really beautiful and stood out to me. I actually texted Rachel about that late last I, night when yeah. we were pouring over the book again. <laughs> She's like, I can't I choose. Thought, wow, I that... can't choose which one. I know. I was like, I, I can't. I really Every can't. photo. I don't know why but mean. there must be a moment for yeah. you when you see, when you actually get that candid shot or, you know, being like, you know, the journalist that you are, the journalist side, and you're like, do you, is it a rush to see it on oh, the yeah. lens, like? When you know you got the mm. shot, <laughs> I can't remember. It's been so long now. Um, <laughs> no, um, yes, yeah, totally. So I think you sort of um, you build up an instinct, and um, I think all photographers have it. You kind of you don't have to generally look on the back of the camera. Uh, that's the exciting bit. Um, but um, you generally know if you've captured something special. I mean, it doesn't happen every day by any means. Um, rarely you know there's an of course with any job and certainly any photography job there's an element of luck I mean I, I generally think you try and build up your own chances of increasing having better luck uh, by being prepared having the right equipment um, making you go, sure you work hard go to as many engagements as possible um, building up relationships with people there's so many elements that you throw into the mix and you throw it all into the mix and occasionally uh, you know a winning shot pops out um, but you know for every winning shot there's about 10 you miss or you don't get the best shot on the day so you know that is something that I love as well um if I was totally in control of the shoot you know if I was a portrait photographer and I do do portraits occasionally 
it, I love that, but it's I would miss the excitement of not knowing exactly what's going to happen and that sense of anticipation and uh, when something does happen, it, it is a massive buzz and I love that and you get kind of addicted to it, it's, especially on a raw too. I just love bouncing around different engagements in a foreign country and suddenly you come across something that makes a great picture and that is really exciting. Yeah, totally. Well, my mine is sort of the opposite of the candid. My, my favorite is um has been for a long time the seventieth birthday portrait you shot of oh, okay. Charles. I just I feel like it. What was the mood of that day? Can you tell us about that sort of set the scene for that? Um, thank you. Yeah, no, that was obviously you know a real um, privilege to take that photograph, and um, you know it's definitely definitely one of the highlights. Um, I suppose of my career and. Um, it was really the um, the culmination of this uh, project I was doing with the Prince of Wales behind the scenes for his 70th year. And, you know, the Prince and the Duchess are just so lovely to photograph. I've, I'm very lucky I've been sort of traveling around with them for so long now. And it's uh, this incredibly professional, great photograph. And to document the Prince behind the scenes in his 70th year was this amazing project. And I was so sort of lucky to be a part of that. And it was everything from him sort of feeding his uh, his Maran chickens in Gloucestershire in Highgrave first thing in the morning to, you know, taking off his boots after walking Dumfries House up in Scotland and, you know, to get that kind of insight into what makes him tick, I suppose, um, what he's passionate about is 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 really special. So, you know, he's he's amazing to photograph and that was sort of the culmination of this of this project, which is obviously, you know, a real privilege to, to, to shoot. Absolutely. I feel like, but and with that photo, was it, you know, all the little kids in it, was it hard to get, I can't imagine how hard it was to corral all of them to just sit <laughs> still. Was, did you have just like sit, two yeah. actual minutes of phot- photography or <laughs> how long did they sit still for? <laughs> well, you know, you never get that long for these things, but it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, it, you know, everything like that is a real honor and it's, um, it involves, you know, an, an element of stress, of course, <laughs> nothing like that is ever, <laughs> Is ever going to not keep you up a little bit the night before? So yeah, it was it was a very special to photograph that. Yeah, well, we love it. We love it. Do you ever Thank get you. any feedback from the royals on on your photos, or you know, do they ever say, "Hey, we'd love to frame one of those shots," that kind of a thing? I think you know, obviously, you're you know, there's, there's kind of two roles to your job. You are like, in one sense, you're a neutral observer of royal engagements. You're there to document what's going on. So so I try and really curate my edits of, of each event to document the, the story um, of what's happened. And I think that's that's really important. You know, you're not essentially there. Um, you're there to record what happened on the day. And I think that's a really important part of um, of the role. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, your camera takes 20 frames a second. So, you know, you can scroll through and you can see shots with eyes closed and things like that. So I think it's important to kind of... Um, you do you know, edit your photos, choose them to, to tell the story of the day, and um, and yeah, so it's you, you keep a close eye on, on what you um, on how you edit your set. Yeah, but you still get nervous. You still get like some oh, definitely. events. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But that's but that's you know that's one of the great things about it, and that's definitely one of the one of the. If you weren't getting nervous, you know, it would um, it, it wouldn't be as exciting. But uh, it's you know I've always found in my sort of limited experience over the years in it's those jobs that you've been most nervous at before um that tend to be the ones you remember afterwards um but you know there's still day-to-day engagements where you're quite relaxed at and you just enjoy 
enjoy the job you know in this current moment i've been longing for you know the most sort of day-to-day job just drive off for the day to i don't know at the opening of a school in bath or something that would be lovely um i do i do miss it you know i think i'm sure we all we all miss our sort of day-to-day things so I um Definitely. I know. I never uh, thought I'd miss like the subway in New York City, but I really do. (laughs) I can't wait to ride it again. (laughs) Um, Roberta, you wanted to mention the moment where Queen Elizabeth, that photo where she pulled, or it was a caption about the banana. I wanted you to. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Make sure we get to that. Yeah. I love that photo. Yeah. Um, just the queen. Yeah, she was feeding a banana that she pulled out of her pocket randomly, right? Is that what the whole... Well, I wouldn't say randomly. I don't think... As far as I know, she doesn't keep bananas in her pocket the whole time. But I think <laughs> yeah. I think what you're talking about is when the queen, the Donna, queen met the Donna, elephant. the Asian yeah. elephant at Whipsnade Animal Park. And, yep. uh, you know, every time I photograph the queen, and obviously it's... Um, it's you know it's not as frequently these days and um i'm always excited super excited you know she's an incredible person to photograph um always has been with this amazing aura and um yeah sometimes you're a bit nervous it's certainly exciting um and i suppose it's exciting because you're photographing you know quite simply one of the most what well, the most famous women in the world which is which is amazing honor and a privilege to be doing um so when I got up that morning to photograph uh, the Queen opening the elephant um, enclosure at Whipsnade, which is an animal park, um, I think north of London, uh, I just thought, you know, I was excited, but I didn't really know what to expect. And so when we sort of got there, it, it transpired that the Queen might be near an elephant. That, that was quite exciting. That was an unusual thing to photograph. Right. And then the fact the Queen fed the elephant, um, normally with these things, you know, they, she wouldn't be allowed within sort of 200 meters but you know it was amazing the queen fed uh donna and then donna donna had had one banana and then sort of stretched her trunk out keen to snaffle another banana oh for more what I liked was a moment <laughs> of kind of anticipation as her trunk was outstretched uh and because i have the shot of the, like her actually feeding the banana to the elephant but what i loved was the next frame on or the next moment where the, the trunk was outstretched and it made a really great long picture. And often you're sh- thinking of the shape of the picture and what it might be useful for. That was a nice um, sort of front page for a newspaper. So the next day it was the front page of the Times. Um, Times in the UK. But yeah, that was a lovely, unexpected uh, moment. I certainly haven't photographed the Queen with an elephant since that. Uh, whether I ever <laughs> will is highly unlikely. It ever will again. Yeah. Are there other unexpected moments uh, like that that you can yeah, think of off the top of totally, your head? Yeah, totally, totally. Of... And that's, you know, again, that is what is so great about this type of photography. Um, let me give you an example. Um, the christening of Princess Charlotte, obviously, you know, a big and important historical event up at Sandringham. When I, I was getting my kit ready that morning and I distinctly remember it. Um, and I thought, you know, what's the picture going to be today? I assumed it would be uh, Princess Charlotte in her Honiton um, lace dress being carried by the Duchess of Cambridge. Um, in the event, the picture that sort of stood out for me um, in the long term was um, Prince George up on tiptoes, uh, trying to get a glimpse of his sister um, in in her pram. And, you know, it just sometimes images just really resonate and that was one of those ones it makes you I think if a picture makes you smile or it makes you sometimes they make you unhappy sometimes you know they make you burst into hysterics but if it if it generates some kind of response in in the person looking at it then you know you've sort of done your job and I think you know that's one of those pictures that was a lovely and unexpected moment and that's a great example of 
one of the things that often happens in royal engagements and certainly with the children say so they're always um great to photograph and they add a whole new dynamic on things like royal tears because there's another picture in the book of princess charlotte with her first bouquet of flowers um uh, she arrived at the airport in Germany, I think, and she was given a bouquet of flowers. And the first thing she did was take a big sniff um, mm. because that's what you do. You know, why wouldn't you? And I just love that because it was just lovely, sort of naive, unexpected and just made a very cute photograph. So when you combine those with all the other pictures you get on a, on a normal world tour, it makes a lovely set of pictures. So, um, so yeah, that's sort of unexpected. Um, and there's a million other examples I can't think of at the moment of unexpected moments but uh, yeah those are two of our two of our favorites really and um another one that you call to mind is um the one of Prince George and the bubbles one of my favorites of his, uh, yeah. yeah Prince William blowing bubbles in Prince George's eyes are so wide um and we're wondering do you have like a trick for how to get the kids to kind of you know these beautiful beautiful shots uh with the kids personalities kind of shining through is there a trick for that um i don't think there's a trick i think um tips, uh, tips. um well i think that was <laughs> so that's a very much a candid picture you know you're just sort of and this is what I, how i generally work is it you know you of course it varies this is a weird job and that you have portraits one day where you're in control and then you're working as a candid kind of fly on the wall photographer the next which is probably the way I sort of prefer working and what, what's the most common way of working for me. And that's very much falls into the latter camp. Um, so, you know, but I shot it on a longer lens to pull in the kind of, to compress the image and, and get the kind of um, the look in his eyes, which he was looking at these bubbles. And it was, it was just a lovely, you know, moment. I think Prince William's blowing the bubbles for him. Um, but I just, yeah, like you guys say, I love that you just catch the, the reflection of the bubbles in his eye. So that's, again, one of those um, situations where it's not in your control. Um, I think um, if I was to give anyone tips uh, from that point of view, again, I just think be prepared with the right equipment. Um, keep an eye on the light at all times. So, you know, if it, if it was in direct, strong sunlight, I'd almost sort of give up until it was happening in a nicer, soft light. So light, you're always looking at the light, which is kind of obvious, but it's, if not, should you swap sides to get that the softer light shooting into the sun? So it kind of, I'm always looking at what's going to happen. Like, is my subject going to move into the good light? What's going to happen? Um, and that, I suppose, applies for everything is is researching, um, looking at what could happen on a royal engagement. Again, on a recce um, before meet everyone, they're going to meet um really say hello look at where they're going to walk look at the light how it's going to be when they arrive and all, all that kind of stuff so you can only be prepared as as you can try and be um and i think that's really important so i'm not sure that answers the question but hopefully it goes some way no that's it. great that's great <laughs> no, but i think it's like every parent's dream to have someone kind of capturing their children you know as they're just being children and i think i mean the photos that we see it's i know that that's your very job but i think that i'm sure the duke and duchess of cambridge really appreciate that and that was a question we had was you know um kate or Catherine is actually an avid photographer herself how would you rate her skills behind the camera and also do you get as excited as we do when like the prince louis rainbow diy comes out i did that with my son and it was a hit <laughs> they know i did that as well it's um it's um they lovely it's a really lovely pictures and it you know who better to document um, your own children than the parents who obviously know them better than anyone else. So that made really lovely pictures. And 
you know, the Duchess is obviously incredibly passionate about photography. Um, she's patron of the RPS, which is the Royal Photography Society, um, which was a position handed to her by by the Queen, um, who held it for many, 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 many years. And this is a historic organisation, um, you know, incredible pedigree, and who are doing some amazing work in the world of photography. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see, you know, it's fantastic. Um, obviously, you know, not a huge amount of options we're in this situation as well in quarantine, but it was uh, lovely to see those pictures and great to see the rainbow. And, it, you know, it means so much to so many people. So I'm sure it was, like you guys say, you know, it certainly brightened up everyone's day. So that was great. She's so talented, though. It's incredible. We really love yeah, seeing. We get very really excited. Is. I'm sure you do, too. I mean, when they're released, it's very exciting. Yeah. And I did it. I just did an engagement with her last year where I think it was the engagement where she was announced as a patron of the RPS. And it was a, a photography lesson with some children. And there was one in particular, actually, called Josh. I think it was Josh Wood. No, Josh Evans, I think. Josh Evans. And he was just super cool, uh, really enjoying his photography. And the Duchess spent a lot of time sitting with him going through it. And, you know, I love that. I'm so passionate about photography that I love seeing children or anyone enjoying it. Um, and uh, he was clearly enjoying it and she was enjoying, you know, showing him how to use a camera and that kind of stuff. So, and that, that's a great example of capturing candid pictures of, you know, two people enjoying photography. So it was, we were all enjoying the photog- photographic moment. So you probably have seen Kate Middleton's um, new Hold Still photography initiative. Um, We have to ask, are you going to submit anything for her campaign with the National Portrait Gallery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, That is a great initiative. And it obviously, as you mentioned, ties in with her passion for photography. And obviously, as patron of the National Portrait Gallery as well, you know, this amazing institution, which is um, very special in the UK here. yeah, I think it's a really great idea. Um, it's just been such a, an odd time for so many people. And uh, things like art and photography have really sort of brought people together. And um, I've seen some of the submissions recently and, you know, they're incredible and just incredibly touching photographs. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. photography is important at the best of times, but none more so than documenting this this historic right. period in, in humanity, I suppose. And so I think it's a great and timely initiative um for her and it ties in well with what she's passionate about and actually i have entered i have to say i did put it oh, you... yeah i know i did i did um so um i was actually you know i uh met these two lovely ladies the other day who were having a chat a socially distanced chat um outside their very incredible cottages and um in in a place called richmond i think i, I saw there. this on did you share it on uh, instagram yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I yeah. saw it on your Instagram. Wait, tell um, us about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, you know, I just saw these two guys and it just, for me, it just sums up, you know, the, the world we're living in at the moment in a very sort of um, aesthetic way. Uh, and I just love the fact they were so positive and it actually just rained. Um, and, you know, anyone else would have gone inside, I think, but, you know, true grit. They were sitting outside. One of them had an umbrella. Uh, and the fact that it had rained, so I looked at it, I sort of walked past initially and the light was just not quite right. And then I went back and it had just rained and one of them had the umbrella. And I just thought it was a lovely moment that kind of really summed up the stoicism that so many people have been showing. And also the connection, you know, the, the, the importance of neighbours uh, and community. And I've certainly found, you know, where I live, you know, 
I've built up a much better relationship with my neighbours um, in this time. And I'm not sure if you guys have, have found the same thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, I've, you know, yeah. it's been great, you know. So um, you submitted it. You uh, it, it was a, you have to share it with a certain hashtag or is that – how do you submit oh, it? Oh, I put the hashtag. Refresh. Yeah, I think you, then you have to submit it to the um, – Yeah. Submit it to the portrait gallery as well. There's a portal I think you can upload on. But I've, I've seen some much better pictures than mine, so. No, but no. I was going to say, best <laughs> of luck, <laughs> I think. <laughs> You're up with some steep competition. I know, I know. <laughs> I've, I've seen some great stuff. So, you know, I'm, you know it's just, um, it, whilst it is fun, it's also, I think, incredibly important. And I think a great way to engage people um, and a community. Um, so, you know, a great initiative. Amazing. Since we are talking on the two-year anniversary of Harry and Meghan's wedding, we wanted to ask you if you would mind reflecting back on that special day and what it was like to be a part of it. Yeah, well... You know, I think like I've mentioned, these 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 big events which, you know, capture the imagination of the world. You know, it's not just the UK. And I've, I'm we're, it, amazing, you know, watched by billions of people around the world. I know that that, that Duke and Duchess of Cambridge on the steps of Westminster Abbey is over two billion people. And a similar <clears throat> story for um, Meghan and Harry wedding. And, you know, again, for us at Getty, it's a big big team event you know we cover it it's not possible to be in every position for anyone um so you're sort of covering it from all these different angles and I was in the grounds of Windsor Castle we had photographers covering it you know all the different angles and what I thought was lovely about that um was the fact that um the couple had invited over 2,000 charity representatives uh from their various charities to see sort of be the first witnesses of them emerge from the chapel as a married couple and uh what was quite a nice story um, was that uh, Prince Harry had invited Mutsu, who's uh, this uh, young orphan from from Lesotho, um, who I've met a few times over the years. Uh, he was actually the the boy that Prince Harry met on his gap year in Lesotho. He was invited and one of, was one of the first people to see them come out as a married couple, as well as some some of the uh, centre body staff actually, who were definitely the best dressed wow. people at the wedding on the day, wearing their <laughs> yeah. their traditional Basuti, you know, incredible bright colorful clothing and it was just so lovely to see those guys and people like Nacho the polo player um you know who I've got to know over the years he's just he's a really good guy as well so it's you know he's done so much for Santa Barney and and the charity work that Prince Harry's been involved in um so that was just so lovely there was there was a great feeling um you know it was just a really a very special day Oh my gosh! Yes, I can't believe it's been two years. It's it's no, kind of wild. I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> we're all getting old too quickly. <laughs> yeah, we're all getting old too quickly. <laughs> Seriously, we ask every guest on our show, which royal do you identify with the most? Which royal wow. do you? <laughs> That's a big question. Uh, that is a big question. Um, God, I don't know about that. Um, uh, it's it's funny because everyone always asks me like, the question. They always ask, "Who's your favorite world?" And I'm just kind of like, um, "Oh, who's your yeah. favorite?" Yeah. What I love, what, no, what I love about the job is is you do um, to take bits from every different royal. So you might spend time praising after the Queen, and you know that is incredible, and she's got this incredible presence and um, sense of duty and presence, and it, it's amazing. Then you go and photograph the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge the next day, who are you know breaking down barriers with amazing initiatives and. Um, you know, Prince Harry the next, and then Prince of Wales, who's so passionate about, you know, so you take a little bit from each, and there's this, <laughs> sorry guys, bad answer, but I, can I have a little bit no, of everyone? No, 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 <laughs> that's great. It can and be sort of a, sure. you know, everybody. Yeah. there's definitely bits that, um, 
I really admire the things that people that are members of the Royal Family are doing and initiatives and commitment to, to, to causes and duty. And I think, you know, that's particularly impressive. So, yeah, a little bit of everyone. But that, you know, also ties in with why, what I love about it. You know, you could go on a tour for two weeks with, you know, the Duke of Exeter Cambridge and, you know, you've got to the end of two weeks and you're, you're happy to go and photograph the Queen then. And then, you know, after a week. So it's nice. The variety is, is nice and it's good to, yeah. but it's good to build up. You also build up kind of depth of, um, depth of knowledge within this small group of the family and also around different events and that's what's quite nice about the, the, the royal job I suppose. Amazing well so those are actually all of our questions but we we wanted to ask you if you'd be down to play a quick sort of royal themed round of this oh or that God. which is it's very very harmless you you pass on on any of them. <laughs> we're putting you on the spot we didn't want to give you any prep for this. I'll make um, it literally you just have to choose the first one that comes to your mind. Okay. So you so I'm going to give you this or that so two different options and you just say which one you prefer. Okay. Okay so Kensington Palace or Buckingham Palace. Oh tricky. Uh, I don't know Buckingham Palace. Fish or chips? Ooh, I think fish, definitely. So, and we know you're a runner, so Hyde Park or St. James Park? Oh, that's difficult. Oh, can I say Richmond Park? No, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can, you know, we'll allow it. You get a deer in Richmond Park. Um, All so right, that's, yeah. We'll accept that, we'll accept that. Okay, thank you. Um, the National Portrait <laughs> Gallery or the Victoria and Albert Museum? Oh, the V&A, the V&A. Piccadilly Circus or Trafalgar Square? Oh, that's a tricky one. Piccadilly? Generally. Is that like asking a New Yorker to pick I, Times Square? <laughs> like Busy, hectic. I try and I'm trying to get find the quieter areas, yeah. <laughs> quieter yeah. areas. Westminster Abbey or St. George's Chapel? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I think that was, Westminster Abbey. I've you know, I've really enjoyed yeah. some of the events we've had yeah. there. So good memories. Mm-hmm. Trooping the color or the Royal Ascot? Oh, that's a difficult one. Hmm. Royal Ascot is, mate, I'm very sad it's not happening this year. Um, uh, Royal Ascot, I think, it's just such an incredible event. Uh, but Truth in the Colour is, you know, very historic and important event in the right. Royal Diary. But I'll go for Ascot. <laughs> High tea or a pint at the oh, pub? That's easy, pint at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> if, please, when can I go for a pint in the pub? Right, I know, I know. Writing that question, we were like, oh, that sounds yeah. nice. Uh, royals on tour or Royals at home? Uh, royals on tour. Love again. Please see you again. I know. I know. All these things. Uh, royal weddings or Royal births? Oh, that's a difficult one. Whoa. I think Royal births, there's nothing more incredible about a baby coming into the world. So. Yeah. <laughs> that was our last one. That's it. Oh, okay. Perfect. Chris, tell our listeners um, where they can find you. I know we mentioned, you know, Instagram. If there's anything you have coming up that we may not have mentioned, please uh, feel free to let us know. Or where to buy Modern Monarch. Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, Chris Jackson Getty is Instagram and Chris Jack underscore Getty is uh, Twitter. I suppose Twitter is more sort of newsy. Instagram is more my visual stuff, like photography. Um, and, yeah, anything coming up? Well, um, hopefully, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> there's a few things I'm sort of working on behind the scenes, but... Yeah, watch this space. Uh, follow on Instagram, and um, uh, yeah, I'm actually in, I've done a video. I'm talking through some of my favourite pictures in my book, as we just almost have done, uh, which I did with Rizzoli, um, my publisher. So um, keep an eye out for that. 
That's great. Wonderful. But thank you so much. Honestly, this has been so much fun. We really, I mean, we know how hard it is to get time with you because of your busy, typical busy schedule running around to different events. So we really appreciate you spending part of your quarantine with us. No, not at all. Thank you, you guys. I'm real privileged to be on, on the show. So thank you so much. All right. Well, that was really awesome. I, I mean, what a treat to have Chris on this show. We really hope he comes back soon. I I just loved his responses to our speed round. Oh my gosh. He's, that was the most fun. We have to do that he's, again. He's such a champ for participating in that. Yeah. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows of the week. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. So my low um, is the fact that we um, have recently learned that Buckingham Palace and the other royal residences like Frogmore House, where Harry and Meghan held their wedding reception, and Clarence House are closed for the summer, but also indefinitely, as long as, you know, coronavirus is going on. Um, For me, I think, you know, obviously it's a huge low, but I think the sad part for me is that I personally know how hard it is to get the tickets for some of those tours. I totally blew it when I went to London a few years ago, and I, I just, like, didn't plan ahead, and I was like, oh, what do you mean you can't walk up to Buckingham? Palace and just get a ticket uh, for a tour. Uh, <laughs> I almost had my husband convinced to spend like, I think it was like hundreds of dollars to do a nighttime tour, which still had like two available slots. Oh my gosh. We, uh, we didn't end up doing it, but um, it's but like yeah. one of those tours that you book way ahead and you get a certain slot during the day. Is that right? I yeah. Can't even and I think the interesting part is, you know, the tours are being refunded and not to, so it's not like they're being given another date in 2021. So if they, I mean, I guess it makes sense if you're traveling, you'd have to rebook the whole vacation and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, and the other aspect of this is, um, you know, I don't know if it's a, a bright spot in it, but um, Home Advisor also kind of simultaneously almost released the Buckingham Palace floor plans, which aren't exactly accurate, but they're assembled to the best of their royal knowledge. Oh, um, that's kind of interesting though. But I still feel like, I mean, that's it gives a same. picture of the palace, <laughs> the 775 room palace. Oh but it's, my God. Can you imagine? Um, but it's still part of my low because I want to see it in real life. I pe- People want to see it in real life, not on a floor plan. Womp womp. I know. <laughs> and so it's closed all summer, right? No. All summer. But I mean, it's really like as long as, until we can all figure this out, right. I think it's just closed, um, you know, until there's a strategy. And a game plan for all this. I hope, so. hopefully, a hopefully total low. you'll be able to go next time. I'm yeah, really, I mean, we should go together. Yes, we should. <laughs> so my low for this week is kind of, so I have to preface by saying that Princess Eugenie and Jack Brooksbank did an amazing thing by volunteering for Salvation Army by packing boxes with food to be donated to local food banks. And their charitable work is amazing. The reason it is my low is because we have to point out they weren't wearing masks, which is interesting. It's pretty you know I won't say reckless but I feel like it's a little bit um I don't know it just to not wear masks in the current climate feels a little bit uh yeah I don't know just as a low I, I guess they are wearing gloves so they're they had that precaution and they look like they're social distancing in the photos I agree with you but I feel like it is a little know, bit though. there were like yeah. three people that were like within it looked like to me, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, six feet of them. Yeah. So. I would expect that they would wear masks, but. Um. And and they didn't say when the photo was taken. So they totally could have been um, before all of this. And maybe, all you know, the they had masks was exactly. Yeah. Or maybe they were texting before. We don't know the whole scope of it, obviously. Um, but I thought that was interesting. It's like. Mm. And it's great that they're that? volunteering. I feel like it is, yes, like, as yes, you said, but I for think that, sure. but I feel like just, you know, we want to keep them safe. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's a good I mean, yeah, makes sense. Um 
My high of the week is that it seems, um, you know, according to different reports, that William and Harry are in communication and um, kind of working hard to rebuild their relationship. According to Royals expert Katie Nickel, the pair have reconnected. Um, In particular, it sounds like because of um, Prince Charles' recent experience with COVID-19, it kind of expedited their, you know, communication and, and caused them to be in touch quite regularly, according to Nickel. Um, And uh, so they've been working hard to mend that relationship, which is a total high. I mean, I feel like we obviously don't know the circumstances about that whole um, situation, but I feel like it just seems like the more more opportunities they have to connect, especially with the distance at play, um, and that's not and that's not all. Prince William recently penned a note to the Diana Fund, an organization that honors young people following in Princess Diana's footsteps, to thank them for their continued work during quarantine. Um, but what was a high for me was that the note specifically read, "My brother and I, my brother and I, remain appreciative of the work you do to foster, develop, and support young people, particularly at this time of uncertainty." So I don't know about you, Roberta, but I'm happy to think that they are kind of having calls, talking together, aligning on their different partnerships the, to strengthen yeah, their bond. Definitely. And either it's it's they're on the mend or there was never anything to begin with. And there's just that. That's that was all, all scuttlebutt. As yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think, you know, they've we've heard a lot about them getting on Zoom calls with the family, with the royal family, like um, for Archie's birthday with the queen. They um, There was a report that they had, you know, talked to all their relatives. And so I think that maybe they are finding this time to reconnect. Um, in different ways and maybe through video or through phone calls. So I thought that was really sweet that Prince William shouted him out. And I do think um, when I was re-watching Harry and Meghan's Royal Wedding, I saw the Diana Fund sign in the front of some of the royal watchers. I think those were some of the people that were invited to sit like front row outside the chapel, which yeah. is really sweet. That is um, really cool. And one of those moments where you see Harry and um, William interacting so closely was at the wedding too. So that was really nice. Um, so it's good to hear that. I'm glad. I hope we hear more of the both from the both of them. Me too. Um, and my high of the week is that we now know Meghan Markle knows martial arts and kickboxing, Woo! which just makes her even more of a badass in my mind. Um, so her old one-sheeter, which I guess is like the Hollywood version of your resume, resurfaced on the web. I think it had resurfaced a while ago, and now it's kind of coming back into the spotlight. But the reason that this is kind of important is because her former kickboxing trainer, Jorge Blanco, opened up to Spanish Vanity Fair earlier this year. The, uh, the interview actually came out in the beginning of May. Um, and he said Megan is really nice and he'd be happy to train her again. And um, he trained her in ki- yeah kickboxing and martial arts um, on the set of suits in Toronto. So I thought that was really, um, that was just cool. I feel Did like I tell you just- I'm watching suits for the first time? I'm really into it. <laughs> yes. And I, wa- <laughs> I wish I was good. re-watching it with you. I oh feel my like God. I'm really have, addicted. Like, She's so great in it. Date when, I have when to keep an eye out for her. Do you think she kickboxes in it? I feel like I have so many questions now. I don't know now. if it was just for working out. Or yeah, maybe it was, was just for working out. You know what I mean? Because I think um, she took like private lessons from him. So maybe it was just for workouts. Yeah, but, but what a cool special skill on your I resume. Know. <laughs> and then some other skills listed were ballet, jazz, tap dancing, musical theater, which I could so see. Um, and she is fluent in Spanish, proficient in French, and she can do this like a Southern, I'm assuming Southern American dialect. And also she speaks Spanish in an Argentine dialect. So I thought that was, oh, that, like, is... that sounds like way more complicated than just normal Spanish. I don't know. I yeah. took like two years of Spanish in college and I don't remember <laughs> 
anything. Man, um, I hope we see some so, of these special kills skills soon. That would be know, that'd be great. I know. So just a reminder before we close the show, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Here is a real review from C underscore Russell. Phenomenal transition from the former host to the current queens. Ooh, queens. in all caps. I love the addition of the voice clips from various speeches and now Zoom calls because more often than not, I save them from my feed and forget to watch later. Thank you for keeping the core of the show the same and adding your unique touches to it. Oh, thank you. So nice. Um, so just a few reminders to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. Um, you can also email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us personally on Instagram at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week. God, God save, save the pod. The pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.